0: Hey there, fabulous mamas. Get ready for a genuine treat in today's episode. We're delving into intentional parenting, family meetings, and the art of nurturing those little geniuses we're raising. Our incredible guest, Lindsay McCarthy, spills the beans on crafting a family culture that sparks curiosity and the transformative power of family meetings. So cozy up with your favorite drink, kick back, and let's embark on this heartwarming journey together. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast, your hub for all things motherhood and self-discovery. I'm your host, Michelle DeKaiser here to empower and connect you. Genius isn't a word around here, it's our guiding light. Guiding kids' genius, empowering mama's purpose, navigating motherhood, igniting connections, including the transformational powers of women's circles, unleashing self-care and success stories of mothers just like you. Join us on our journey to live in your genius zone. Subscribe and let's do motherhood together. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mama Genius Hub. This is our first live broadcast. Um, of the podcast. And so today I am so excited to have Lindsay McCarthy with me. We're going to dive into the kids' unique genius. And let me just introduce her with her intro because she's just such an amazing person. She's a wife and mom of two kids, Tyler and Ember. She's a co-author of The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families and the company playbook and creator of thegratefulparent.com where she blogs. She grew up in Pennsylvania, but now lives in Austin, Texas. She enjoys writing, gardening, and playing field hockey. Lindsay loves to travel, and one of her favorite trips was her her honeymoon, sorry, to Carousel and Bonaire, where she and her husband, Mike, became certified scuba divers. So exciting. I love being underneath the water and stuff, too. So, Lindsay, I just had to bring you on here because when I decided to do this about Genius, and I just know your story behind how everything that you do with your family, and we had already talked about the family means and stuff, and so I just want you to tell the audience a little bit about your story and a little bit about your family just to get us started.
1: Yeah. So like you said, in the bio, uh, I've been married for 17 years to my husband, Mike. We have two kids, Tyler, who's now 14 and Ember, who's 10. And yeah, we just, when Mike and I first got married, we both loved to travel. And we said, when we have kids, we don't want it to change our lifestyle completely. So we kind of made a commitment that our kids were going to fit into our life and not kind of have the kids run our lives. And mm-hmm. Because of that commitment, we started homeschooling. And now we're really into alternative education. And yeah, it's, it's been an amazing ride so far.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, tell me a little bit more about how their education works and how that's inspiring the genius in them.
1: Yeah, so my philosophy on genius is actually that kids are born genius. And we kind of squash it out of them through traditional education models. And we didn't want to do that to our kids. (laughs) So uh, Tyler actually went to public kindergarten and in our district, it was only half day. He was only there two and a half hours a day. And every day he would be like, mommy, it was so boring. All we did was letters and numbers. And I already know my letters and numbers and we didn't get to go outside because Emma was running her mouth. (laughs) And, And, so towards the end of the year, we had taken him out too many times to travel. And the, the school kind of said to us, like, hey, we're, we're really lenient in mm. kindergarten, but come first grade, we're not so lenient. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And I was like, what's the worst that can happen? And they're like, we can call Child Protective Services. And I'm like, because we travel too much? <laughs> and so. That was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for us, and we're like, we have to find a different alternative. So we started interviewing every public or private school in our area, and we found this amazing community called Open Connections. And it was a homeschool support center. So kids could come there up to three days a week and they would learn from other adults and be with other kids. And they called it partnership education. So the parents were kind of in control of the formal academics and there they would go and learn fun stuff and they got to be outside all the time and they took care of chickens and it was a very like uh, cooperative environment for the kids. And they offered them a lot of choice, which uh, I think I've come to learn that choice is really how the kids follow their genius. Like when they're given a say in their education, when they're given choices Mm -hmm. to make, um, they, that, that's how they kind of follow their bliss. Like they already know how to do that. Humans were, we came designed to follow our desires. And if those desires aren't taken away, it just, it's so natural and, Uh, So we were at Open Connections, I think, for four years. And then I read a book uh, called Courage to Grow by Laura Sandifer. And she and her husband created a school model called Acton Academy. And after reading that book, I was like, we have to find a way to get our kids at this Acton Academy. Like, it's amazing. And my husband and I were going to start our own, actually. Until we went on vacation with some friends who all live in Austin and they said, why don't you just move to Austin and put your kids at our Acton? And we were like, Oh my gosh, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> like, that's way easier than starting our own school. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We moved our whole family from Pennsylvania to Austin, Texas. And we enrolled our kids in Acton Academy and they were both thriving there um well no Tyler was thriving there Ember was kind of floundering so we got her tested and it turns out she's dyslexic um and just so happened 15 minutes from our house is a school dedicated to kids with dyslexia called Ross and Saunders and so like it felt so serendipitous that we had moved to Austin for this Acton Academy and then find this other amazing school 15 minutes from our house that's perfect for our daughter.
0: It- <laughs> I just keep picturing because I keep thinking of the, the um, Y2 um, squared book and like the moth and the, the 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 hole where you're like going towards the fire but the, the window is like right there and like Austin for you was like that window and I mean even for me like as, as we got on this and I didn't have questions ready and stuff. And it's just like I didn't even know I was gonna be doing a podcast two weeks ago, but here we are, and we're doing this. And I think once we get into that genius or figure out where that leads us and we're following those things. And I see that's so beautiful that you're doing that for your kids as well. So how did how did once now they're at different schools, but how are they coming into their genius then?
1: Yeah, well, so like Ember with a diagnosis of dyslexia, that could be a bummer, right? But for her, she literally thinks she has a superpower because she's dyslexic. She's like, mommy, my brain just learns differently. And now I go to the school where they teach me the way I learn. And her reading has improved so much. She's in fifth grade now and she's reading independently on grade level, which is like wow. amazing. awesome. <laughs> And then for Tyler, so the way Acton works, it's an entrepreneurial mindset school. So in the morning, they have what they call core skills, and it's all self-paced. So they're all online programs. They do like Khan Academy and um, this program called No Red Ink, which is like a grammar program. And they have several different ones. So the kids get to work at their own pace. And if they have questions, there is an adult there called a guide, but the guide is trained to teach Socratically. So if the kids came to them and say, Hey, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here. Instead of just answering their question, they'll answer them with a question. And they're like, well, how do you think you could figure that out? (laughs) Like, so it, it helps them really start thinking critically and walk through it themselves instead of just being fed answers all the time. They're like, oh, okay, how would I figure this out? Oh, there's probably an instruction page, or oh, I got to log into Google Classroom, and that's where the instructions are. And um, So they have also Socratic discussions for what they call civilizations, which is history, basically. Um, yeah, you know, where and at his age now in high school, the kids actually lead those Socratic discussions too. So wow. as they move up, the guides become less and less hands-on. And they also do apprenticeships every year. So Tyler's done two so far. He worked with a real estate agent his first year and he got to shadow him. And um, so now he's like, I want to be a realtor. You know? <laughs> We're like, okay, buddy, like, let's not put all your eggs in one basket quite yet. <laughs> and then his last one, he worked with a professional professional wake surfer so he got to get his boaters license and learn how to drive a boat and um, he got to go on different lessons and he got paid tips. He was like, this is awesome. go to school. Yeah. And uh, his school also has zero attendance policy. So actually today he's home working from home because he's like, uh, he went camping this weekend and he's tired. So he's like, mom, can I just work from home today? <laughs> sure why
0: not buddy (laughs) already learning what we're doing right
1: (laughs) yeah but they really do prime them to be live entrepreneurial lifestyles so you know my husband and I both work from home we're entrepreneurs and Tyler sees that so he's like you guys get to work from home why can't I work from home more often and you know coming from a homeschool background too he's like he's very used to working at home and he's he's super self-motivated and self-paced so you know at first we were like no you have to go to school and then we we're like wait you actually don't <laughs> like so it's been like a mindset shift for mike and i too because we both grew up going to public school and you know you had to be there <laughs> um, i think that's a huge mindset
0: know. shift for a lot of people is is what is homeschooling how does that work and in terms of then for him it's like he has the the What's the word I'm even looking for? But it's that he has both aspects of it. Like he can be at school, but he can also do it from home. And and having that um, integration of both of them is such an interesting concept um, that I think if we do more of that.
1: Yeah. And I think people have a lot of misguided notions about homeschool too, that, you know, the kids are at home all day and you're kind of doing school at home which I think is the way some people do it, but that was not the way we homeschooled. We were like, no, we wanna, we kind of followed unschooling, which is basically like, we didn't follow any formal textbooks. We read real books and we, we did a lot of field trips. And like, I believe kids learn through play mostly. Yeah. So even at their open connections, they were outside all the time they were playing they were building things they they gave them real power tools at four years old (laughs) and I mean they were supervised but they had a lot of freedom and I think when you give kids freedom they really do learn like where is my genius where is my passions and Mm -hmm. they get to really follow those
0: and it's beautiful I love that. I want to circle back for a minute because when you were talking about the Socratic questions, and I was wondering if you had some other ideas. So I'm thinking, even if the kids are going to school, or what are some of the questions or ways that parents can, instead of just answering their kids' questions, what are some ways that they can can practice that themselves with their kids? Yeah. I mean, I think even when your kids come to you
1: with a question, asking like, well, why are you asking that? Because sometimes mm. we have preconceived notions of like, you know, they want to know more information than they really need. And, um, you know, I we've done this with Santa Claus. You know, our kids come to us and they go, well, is Santa real? And I'll say, well, what do you believe? That's and funny. if they believe Santa's real, I let them believe Santa's real. <laughs> and, you know, like, I don't want to burst their bubble.
0: <laughs> I agree completely. My kids can't watch this podcast, can't listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to bleep this part out we'll reward it a little bit but yeah it's true because we don't want we want that part to be live where they're where they're
1: at right and I or, think or like where, where do babies drive. come from like that you could go a lot of different directions with that question you know and you say well well why are you asking oh because my teacher is pregnant and you know then you can give them a very biological answer you know well A baby comes when a sperm from the mom or from the dad and an egg from the mom come together and a baby grows inside a woman's uterus. End of story. (laughs) You know, but if they continue with further questions, you know, like I I really let my kids guide with their questions. So when they ask a question, I really want to know like, well, where is this coming from? And so that my answer is very dependent on why do you want to know
0: <laughs> i love that so much because it's really when you and it's almost it's you're guiding with the curiosity of it as well instead of just like this preconceived notion and when we lead with curiosity we're going to have that better connection with them as well i agree um so what i want to do is i want to go um into telling us a little bit about um the book you created and i want to talk a little bit about charms and a little bit about family meetings so i want to give some practical tips for parents who are and moms that are listening to us what can they do to help um because we've got to get to some of the practicals about this because you may, I may know how you create your family meetings and stuff because when we get those dynamics going we can put the structures in place to make sure that we're getting communication across so tell us a little bit first about your book hey there busy mamas i know exactly how you feel overwhelmed frustrated and barely find time for yourself guess what i've been there and i found a way out i've got something just for you and it's called busy mamas 10 ways to reclaim your morning in one minute you see during the kayak times of getting my kids ready for school and wanting to pull my hair out i realized i need to start to care of myself too it wasn't easy but it was necessary. So here's your free gift for your first step to taking back your mornings and enjoying them again. And there's a bonus too to help you organize your mornings with your kids. So claim it at connectingmamas.com slash it's time to stop doing motherhood alone and start supporting each other.
1: Yeah. So we have two books, the miracle morning for parents and families. That one we wrote first, I think it came out in 2016 and that is kind of the, like, why we parent the way we do book. And then five years later, we wrote uh, the playbook version, which is kind of the how-to guide of the way we parent. And in the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, we talk about the three P's of exceptional parenthood. And to us, that's playfulness, purposefulness, and perspective. And... Um, You know, the miracle morning is basically a morning ritual. It's, it's how you wake up instead of why you wake up, (laughs) you know, so the original acronym is SAVERS, which stands for silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. And when Mike and I started practicing the miracle morning, our kids kept interrupting us. They were Mm -hmm. two and six at the time. And at first we tried all these things, like give them some toys so we can get our work done, like put them in front of the TV so we can get our work done. And what we realized is it was actually my daughter, my two-year-old daughter came to me one morning she said, mommy, I want to do what you're doing. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like why wouldn't I invite you into this? So then we kind of started doing miracle morning together as a family and you know, it looks different for a two-year-old than an adult. But, okay. um, you know, and it was our six-year-old who Tyler was like, Mom, I don't get it. Why do I have to save my life every day? Because <laughs> like, you know, little kids take everything so literally. And I was like, you know what? We don't have to call it that. Like, let's let's make our own acronym. So we created uh, CHARMS for Kids. And CHARMS stands for creativity, health, affirmations, reading, meditation, and we added one, which is one of our family values, uh, service. And so those are the six things that our kids kind of focus on. Now it's more every day, it's kind of become more of a lifestyle than just Mm -hmm. a morning ritual for us. Um, And what we kind of discovered after the fact too, is that the charms and the savers really do reflect our family values. So it's like, Every day, we're kind of reiterating our family values with our kids. And the rule in our house is that they have to get their charms done before they can have any screen time. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, you know, and they're like, why? And we're like, because these things are more important, you know, like once we get, you got to work before you get to play. So, like, and in our book, it's like working on yourself is the most important thing. So let's do these six things and then we can have fun.
0: <laughs> I love that so much. And I actually, that's how I even found your book was I when I was homeschooling, I started doing charms with my kids. But then again, yeah, the complaints come up with the different things and, and, and then making your own. So we were, I the last couple of days, actually the last couple of weeks with the girls, I was trying to do just three minutes of meditation with them in the morning and they were like fighting me like nonstop. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden on last Friday, for some reason, I just came up with the idea of three of us, we sat in a circle, and we actually did a mini women's circle from how I've been leading it mm-hmm. in terms of like, talking about how we're doing and the feelings and what's our day going to be like. And we did that together. Like, mom, we can do this instead of meditation. We're okay with that. And so then we did it again this morning. And then Bella's like, can we put a timer so it's not too long? Because you, you went over the three minutes you promised us. And I was just like, well, we're learning how to do it. And we'll, we'll get there. Or, you know, she's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Lily's like, I'm good with it, mommy. But oh I think God. it's like just any way. And again, that's why it's like not like one thing, but try different things with the kids and see what sticks because yeah. the whole goal is just to get them thinking about their development and their what vision they want for their own lives and whatever way works for them. And so- I was, I've was. i been doing a mini women's circle with my kids and, and doing charms with your kids. I mean, but I was mm-hmm. fastening the year. They had no problem their homeschooling. And then when the schedule came back to regular school after COVID, that's when they're like, I don't have time for that in the morning. Right. But then we're trying to work that back in um, slowly. And I think we're finally starting to do it. And we actually play the song every day. I'm gonna have an awesome day by Jack Hartman. And so we sing and dance that song. And so it's just getting into that mentality. But to circle back now, I wanna dive in a little bit to um, because I've taken on, your ideas for the family meeting and all, as well and the scheduling and just having that into place really does set up your week and the morning and everything. So tell us a little bit about that plan. Yeah. So we
1: started doing family meetings several years ago and we like to call them family dream sessions because language is very important and like nobody wants to go to a meeting, but to come to a family dream session, <laughs> like that sounds more exciting um so we typically have them on the weekends and it it is it's just about all getting on the same page and going over the schedule of the week so nobody's in the dark about things and um you can put anything in the family meeting and in the book we in the playbook there's like a whole exercise where you can kind of walk through like what things do we want in our family meeting what's important to us and so in our particular family meeting, we always start with gratitude because we think that kind of sets the tone. And after gratitude, we, um, we do our family values. So there's also a family values exercise in the playbook. So you can create your own unique
0: family values, which
1: I know you've done that exercise with your family.
0: Actually, (laughs) it was me and Lily who who I went on to your workshop. I was so excited because Hal Eldron was in there with his family and I got to witness them making their values as well. It was such an exciting (laughs) moment.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Hal was in there with his family that day. That was fun. And uh, yeah, so we actually recite our family values every week. And we have them hanging all over our house. The kids each have a copy in their room, and you know, I I believe with family values, if you don't articulate them and share them, and you know, hold each other to them, they're kind of worthless. It's yeah. So our family values, they're it's a living document. Like we we use it as teaching tools all the time and like the kids call us out on it too. Like if we're not living up to the family values, they're like, mom, aren't we resilient warriors? You know? All like, oh, right.
0: <laughs> you got me. <laughs> it is funny. Cause my son now will like, mom, don't you need to take a deep breath or don't you need to do this? It's they it's start to do the things that you've been teaching them and it's good because we need those reminders too. Cause we're all not perfect, but it's like, exactly. is creating that, Place where we can all communicate together and help each other through our struggles, because it isn't us have to do everything for them. There, we're we're inspiring them to to also call us out as well and admit Mm -hmm. that that we are not always right. Right.
1: Yeah, we make mistakes too. We're all human, and you know the the repair I think is even more important than the messed up.
0: And oh, that's so true. I mean, anyway. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no, I was just to say, coming back to that repair of it and admitting that we're not perfect and them to see that is all part of this. Because when we say, again, I think it comes back to the idea of like someone in front of the room saying they're the expert. Like it's more that we're all in the leadership sheet sharing. And the more we talk and communicate about it, like having these conversations, like for those of you listening out there, I'd rather you come into the Facebook group and share your thoughts on it so you're processing it as well, not just like, oh, well, they're the experts. No, we're just here sharing information for you to process and, and figure out how that means for you and the best way to do that is to get that out of you. And so come okay. share, find someone else to talk to you about or however it is that you need to get it out or journal about it.
1: I, I actually get really uncomfortable when people call me a parenting expert. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a parenting expert. I might be an expert on my kids and I believe you're an expert on your kids. But I love that. I am not
0: the well, word I expert mean, is just I so like out there. Like <laughs> it's imposing. We're all in this together, just supporting each other. And that's what the, that's what this podcast especially is all about is just how do we get that support out and those ideas out so we can have different thought process and different mindset and how we approach things when we're struggling. If we change that mindset, then we can do it and getting into our genius zone and figuring out things we actually like doing, yeah. which we lose in the busyness of everything and why I'm trying, to, we're going to go into those questions. So we're about to start into our questions. Any um, any final things about the book or um, the playbook that you want to share? Well, I
1: think back to the family meetings, too. We were just it is a conversation. So I think the family meeting kind of creates a safe space where everybody gets to feel heard. And, um, you know, it's protected time, too. So sometimes during the week, if something comes up where Tyler's like, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I'm like, Let's talk about that at the family meeting, you know, and then it kind of gives Mike and I time to get on the same page. Like, how are we going to approach this with him? (laughs) And then at the family meeting, he gets to bring it up and, uh, you know, we'll have that discussion
0: then instead of just like,
1: "Ah, I'm busy right now. Like, I can't talk about that. (laughs) So
0: <laughs> Before we switch the skiers on the family meeting, though, why don't you just go through what is like your your specific family agenda look like? Because I know it's it's oh, right. Sorry. You make your I own. I kind of went like... halfway through. <laughs> Let's yeah, so We it. start
1: with gratitude. Um, we share our family values. Then we go into like the schedule for the week, and after that, it's kind of like open forum. So if we have some travel coming up, we'll go over what the plan for that is, and that's when the kids really get to have a voice too. Like, hey, Amber, your spring break is coming up. Where you? Where do you want to go? Oh, your birthday's coming up. Let's talk about your birthday party. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a, a save time where we can talk about all those loose ends and things that come up during all family lives.
0: <laughs> and then you have the space for it. So it's like not during the week to try and track someone down and having those conversations when you're not ready for it. You're like, this right. is making your list of the things you need to chat about and the other thing I wanted to point on the the gratitude is when you told that to me and and, and I know Lindsay actually calls it showering with gratitude mm. I, I introduced it to my family and so even at times when we're in the car and everyone's angry or something one of the kids will be like isn't it time to shower each other with gratitude mm. like just to change the mood and what it does and so what you want to do is just kind of go around and just tell everyone what you're grateful for about them and it just really does change the vibe of everything you and sometimes it is hard to think about some sometimes when you're like in a bad mood or something, but does like really redefine it and give you a chance to change that mindset about it. So I really appreciate the shower with gratitude. So I think more families should be doing that and just appreciate all the good things we have in each other instead of always like, you're not doing this well in school or you're not doing this. Like, what are we doing well? And that's where genius comes in is when we start focusing on the things we're doing well, then it starts to come out more and more.
1: Yeah. That's how we approach family values too. It's all It's all about tell us stories when your family was at its best and that's where the family values come from, from those stories instead of like aspirational values or like just picking random words that sound good. You know, it's like, no, where were we already at our best? And like, that's who we already are. Let's remember who we are.
0: I love that. So you're my first guinea pig since um, really you're my first live podcast. Once I decide doing a mom and genius hub, the, just so everyone knows interviews were already recorded for the previous ones, but I'm just re splicing them and we're, getting, we're, we're just getting this done imperfectly. But so we're going to start with our end of the question, five questions uh, for the end of this podcast. And Lindsay's questions are number one, share your favorite book or resource that has had a significant impact on your journey as a mom. Yeah, I think, um,
1: Conscious Parent by Dr. Shefali was one of Mm -hmm. the first kind of parenting books that really hit me in a different way. And that's kind of where our perspective comes from for parenting is, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't see ourselves as like we own our kids. It's like our kids are their own sovereign beings and we're here more as like a spiritual guide for them than like, you know, an authority figure. And I just love
0: all of her books
1: so
0: (laughs) she's amazing yeah I love it and it also goes into this that we're we're here to guide them into their genius for them but not to like say this is what you need to do but like give them opportunities to do that number two for you what is a favorite special family tradition or ritual that brings joy to your household and some encourages some connection
1: yeah I think one of my favorite family traditions is decorating our Christmas tree every year Mm. So, when we go on our travels, we always collect a Christmas ornament. So, then when we're decorating our Christmas tree every year, we're like, oh my gosh, do you remember that trip? Do you remember that trip? And it's just a fun time of remembering and
0: family connection. So. We've been starting to do the same thing and getting ornaments from everywhere. And then it's the I Yeah, I agree. It's so much fun. <laughs> um, then, number three. Um, number three, how do you encourage your child to explore new skills or passions and what impact has it on had on their growth? We've already talked a lot about that, but if you have a specific instance with one of your kids. Yeah. I mean, I think
1: the best way to encourage our kids to try something new is to try something new ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like we are big on modeling what we want to see in our kids. So I think when we really push ourselves outside our comfort zones and our kids see us Trying new things, um, like I don't have to encourage my kids to try new things at all. They're always like, "Mom, I want to do this. I want to do that." I'm like, "Great, let's try it."
0: And <laughs> You're totally right on that one. I think just getting in there and doing the things with them, because I mean, um, for instance, I was able to coach um, the, their soccer teams, and like, mm-hmm. or we even went to one of those Jump Zone, the places and I can't even think of the na- name right now, but like. You like actually like go through the track on the ceiling and stuff. Instead of like normally I would just sit on the sidelines and have my little, you know, not get a wristband. I'm like, I got a wristband and jumped in with them. Like, you're gonna do this, mom. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Go rock climbing with them. And we're like racing up the rock. I'm like, oh no, I gotta get back down now. (laughs) But it's so much fun when we when we do those things with them. Mm -hmm. Number four for you. Now, this is one that I'm gonna throw out to all podcast guests now because this is something that's been on my mind, but we've for me, I feel like I've been calling out, I'm using the words busy moms when I say who I'm calling out for this podcast, but I feel like the word busy has really defined us. And I really want to redefine, how do we answer when someone says, how are you doing? Because generally I've noticed, I say it, I've noticed other moms saying, I'm so busy is the first thing. And then you start listing off all the things that you do. And so I don't even have an answer for this, but I just want to start the conversation with all my guests. Like, how do we change this answer? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I like to say, like, my hands and my heart are full for that. How are are you doing? Well, my hands and my heart are full. So, like, yeah, I'm busy, but it's it's all self-imposed business. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I think I'm very intentional with my time. Like, I don't say yes to everything. And uh, I really do kind of put myself first and I. I recently heard someone else say, like, if someone asks you to do something and you can't do it, instead of saying, like, just no, you say, my calendar won't allow for it. And, like, Uh I love that response, too. It's like, wow. And then you're like blaming an inanimate object, you know? It's it's my calendar's fault. It's not me. (laughs)
0: Can't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Okay. So I I get some really cool answers and I'm going to start. I, I'm going to start putting this all together and we're going to, we're going to create a fun one with that mm-hmm. one. And the last one and then is describe what genius means or feels like for you or what does it feel like when you're in your genius zone?
1: Mm. Yeah, I think for me, it, it it's just this flow state that I'm in. Like I lose track of time. Like I have to have timers all the time because I'll like forget to eat if I'm like typing or like journaling or like I, yeah. I I get so lost in the things that I'm doing. And I think it is that intentionality. Like I really only do things I love doing. and So it's so easy to just get lost in time. And like, uh, like once a week I'll go out to coffee or lunch with a girlfriend. And sometimes they'll go for like three hours and I'm like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I have to go pick up my
0: kids from school. (laughs) I got the experience to do that once with you when I made Austin. It was so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on here, Lindsay, and being my guinea pig and throwing all these questions at you last minute and everything. And I'm just so appreciative and grateful and just want to shower you with gratitude right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it was actually probably better that it was off the cuff because I, w- <laughs> I would have over overthought it. <laughs>
0: Well, that worked out really well. Then we're just going to put you in your genius. On. Maybe I won't give the questions ahead of time and just put people on the spot. If yeah. they're listening to podcasts, they will know them ahead of time. But if not, well, you're on the spot. Yeah. Well, th- again, thank you again. Um, check out Lindsay's book, um, The Miracle Morning um, and The Parenting Handbook. I'll have the links in the comments down below. And let's just get some more questions going with your families. Let's start getting some more conversations going and um, enjoy finding your genius. We'll see you next time. Before we wrap up, here are some specific key takeaways from the podcast. Number one, embrace curiosity in parenting. Foster an environment where curiosity thrives. Encourage your kids to ask questions, and rather than just answering, explore the why behind their queries. This promotes a deeper connection and understanding. Number two, model the behavior you want to see. Lead by example. When you step out of your comfort zone and try new things, you inspire your kids to do the same. Show them that growth and learning are lifelong journeys, not confined to childhood. Number three, family meetings foster connection. Integrate regular family meetings into your routine. These sessions create a safe space for open communication, gratitude sharing, and collaborative decision-making. They serve as a time to align schedules and discuss important family matters. Number four, Define and live by family values. Articulate and uphold your family values. Use real-life stories of when your family was at its best to derive these values. Incorporate them into everyday life, creating a strong foundation for positive behavior and decision-making. Number five, shift from busy to hands and heart are full. Reframe your response to the common, how are you doing question. Instead of the default busy, say something like, my hands and my heart are full. This acknowledges the fullness of your life while subtly highlighting intentional choices over a chaotic schedule. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mama Genius Hub podcast, where we aim to inspire, connect, and empower extraordinary mamas like you. Your support can make a difference. Please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more mamas on their genius journey. Until next time, stay connected and keep shining your unique light in our community. Let's do motherhood together.